Hi everybody, Chris here. Just a heads up that today's episode includes a conversation about suicidal thoughts and self-harm. If you or someone you know needs help, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Hello to all my fast food fans. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. This is coming out on Tuesday, the 21st. Well, guess what? Thursday, the 23rd through Saturday, the 25th, I'll be performing at the Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. In the mood for some stand-up, and you're in the Twin Cities area. We'd love to have you come out, and you will have room to stretch out, baby. The ticket sales have been bad on this tour. I'm blessed to have smart, thoughtful fans, but a lot of those people don't want to go out right now, and I get it. I'm trying not to be self-conscious about it, but if you are uh, down to put on a mask, show up with your proof of vaccination, come on out to Acme Comedy Club, one of the great comedy clubs in this world. Um, Have to say that, as I've mentioned on this show, the beautiful anonymous, the community, it's on Facebook. It's kind of the reason I'm still on Facebook. There's almost 40,000 people in there. People discuss episodes, jump in. It's so laid back. It doesn't infect your feed too much. And as you can imagine, last week, our episode Selling Sex Toys in Vegas got some feedback. Probably some of the feedback that I've loved the most in the history of this group. You can hear me giggling. I just want to thank Monix, or Monix, apologies if I mispronounced it, definitely mispronounced it one of the ways now, who said, I heard poppers help loosen your butthole, but it doesn't last long. The thought of how unsafe they probably are terrifies me, though. I mean, VCR cleaner can't be good for our brains, right? And then we had to read apply. What's interesting about the loosening of one's butthole is that the anus has two sets of muscles. Internally, the muscles are involuntary, meaning if you aren't truly relaxed, these muscles will not relax. The outer sphincter is voluntary. Most people can control that one easily. The internal one, however, is the one that needs patience, generosity, time, and definitely adequate lube. Lube all over. Lube, lube, lube. Love that. And I also have to give a shout out uh, as someone else who said, I love this woman. I'm over 50, Catholic, Latina, so much body shame and sex shame, shifted in my 50s, love my fat body and all it gives me, love sex exploration and love a butt massage. But more than that, I'll skip the lettuce and tomatoes. Loved that. I love that the phrase lettuce and tomatoes got put in there. It's awesome. Anyway, I could ramble forever as you hear. We got a great episode for you coming up today. Callers basically figuring out where do you go to live? Where do you go to pursue your dreams? Once you've decided you want to stay alive, how do you leave a family business? How do you pursue beyond where you thought you were going to go? And what do you make your priorities? These are questions a lot of us face. Callers facing them right now. I wish the caller nothing but the best, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hey, what's up, Chris? Uh, not much. I like your vibe Hello? already. I like your vibe already. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm at work. I'm working in like a deli right now. <laughs> so let me get out of here. Go on the run. What kind of stuff do you do at the deli? 
I deliver Boar's Head pub, uh, deli meat. Nice. People love Boar's Head. People have like a real love for Boar's Head, right? Uh, I, I was raised on Boar's Head. My dad worked in the Brooklyn plant when he was like 18. So like I've been eating boar's head my whole life, and honestly, I think I might like start a war against boar's head just because I've been, I'm just tired of it, man. But wow. let me tell you, deli meat's pretty good. So you're now that you're working hands on, literally with with boar's head, it feels like it's spoiling some of this childhood affinity. Yeah, well, I my dad started working me in the cooler when I was 11 years old. So that was like definitely against child labor practices, but we keep that on the hush hush. And uh, then I was working on the trucks when I was 15. And now I'm kind of doing it as like a COVID gig. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I couldn't find work anywhere else. Ah, that sucks. Sorry, man. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I, uh, I was living in Chicago and then everything kind of went to shit. And I was like, I guess I'm going to move back home and just, uh, sell boards at deli meat and cheese all day. So you had to return to an industry where you were uh, previously forced into uh, family-driven child labor. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the American dream in some regards yeah. um, to be driven into child labor. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, but I'm kind of just doing this right now until I go to law school. And, uh, very cool. Um, august but i have no clue where i'm gonna go which is scary um i'm kind of between uh sorry if you can hear like grocery store music behind me i'm trying to get away from it but it keeps following me (laughs) (laughs) grocery stores have very specific music choices and i like i want to make playlists for grocery stores i think that would be a cool job just like some wilson phillips and some nice 80s music just to get people shopping when they get their milk. I will tell you, this is not a lie at all. You you just reminded me that the last time I was in a supermarket, um, they were playing the U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I heard it and I got so mad and I was like, that should not, they should not be allowed to play that in supermarkets. <laughs> I was in that awful situation where it's like, I had like everything on the list except for, I think it was two items. And one of them was some like stevia sweetener that my wife really likes. And I used it at home. So I knew what the bottle looks like, but I'm like, it's not with, it's not in any of the places where I logically would think it is. And I'm walking every aisle for the third lap now. And I still can't find what I'm looking for. And I do not want to be listening to a song about not being able to find what you're looking for. Yeah, that's, that's like one of those moments where I'm like, am I living in a simulation? Because this shit's lining up way too easily. Yeah. Every once in a while, you feel like, is, is whoever's programming my robot programming in this just to as like an Easter egg for the outside viewer in whose life I am one of the Sims they watch? <laughs> I I constantly worry that my life is like the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like laughing at me. That probably goes to like some of my like neuroses and narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. A little yeah, bit. For sure. For um, sure. definitely. But, uh, sometimes I'm just like, is everybody, is everybody like, is, am I the one who's not in on the joke? Yeah. It's I, just me. We have similar feelings 
Very often. Very often. But I also have entered yeah. the world of public entertainment, but then I turn around and I go, wait, are people laughing with me? Or if I turned myself into some clown for public consumption and how do I feel about it? And then I go, oh, wait, yes, that is the case because I did that very intentionally. Oh, right, my bad. So there's that. Yeah, I, w- I wish I had that like clout, but I'm just kind of a some guy right now. I, uh, I try... I don't try to, do, I, I do the comedy thing. That's oh, why nice. I lived in Chicago for a hot uh, minute. Oh yeah. yeah when yeah. COVID closed down and I was like, there's no point in me paying $1,200 rent. If I can't do right. stand up or take classes or anything, I was like, I'm going to get the hell out of Dodge. So what, you're going to law school in August. Yeah. So, uh, can I say where I'm from? Is that too yeah, much? Totally up to you. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I, I guess I, so Chris, we've met twice. I was going to say um, we've spoken. I was absolutely going to say, I recognize your voice from somewhere. That's crazy. So the first time we met was, I think you were walking from the Watergate hotel to the Kennedy center and uh-huh. me and my brother were sitting on a bench and my brother goes, Hey, that's Chris Gathard. I'm like, I, he's like, you should say hi. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't want to like bother him. Like he's got a show to do. He might be like getting in the zone. And then like, right when you pass me, I'm like six, four, my brother's six, six. We both stood up and frightened you. Uh-huh. And I was like, hi, uh-huh. I'm a big fan. I've I watched vaguely remember every this. episode of the, <laughs> of the Chris Gethard show. And you were like, cool, I'll see you guys in there. And then I was in there the whole time. And it was a great show. Thanks. I forgot the name of your of the woman who opened for you, but she was so she was also so very funny. If I remember. And she had a line sh- about call Was it She called chill she's like, Yeah, I just call all children virgins. And I'm like, that's a pretty good line. Was it Joe Firestone? No, it wasn't Joe Firestone. Or maybe Claire O'Kane. I forget who opened that show. It was Claire O'Kane. Claire O'Kane. She's brilliant. She's so cool. Funny and cool. Claire O'Kane. Yeah. Yeah. I want that to. I want that to be on my tombstone. Not Claire O'Kane. Because then they just got the tombstone wrong. (laughs) I want another person's name on my tombstone. Now, when was the second time we met? The second time we met was. So I live in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, yes. You, uh, you oh, came yes. to it. You did a show here. And then you had like a book signing or something for people who want a contest on the radio. But yes. at the time, I used my ex-girlfriend to get us in there being like, hey, my girlfriend's a really big fan. Is there any way we can just get in? And some like woman let us in and we were just hanging out there. And... The whole show, I felt like you were staring at me. And then when I met you, you like were staring at me. You were like, have we met before? And I was like, yeah, I scared you in D.C. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this. And, uh, and then we were going to go to Guar Bar. And then, uh, yeah, you didn't come. You I invited there. me, though. Uh, you told me about it. I did invite you. Yeah. I did. I, I don't remember what Guar you looked Bar like, said. but I remember I, these conversations. So you went to Guar Bar. So I went to Guar Bar. With my childhood bully, who's also my drug dealer. Great. Um, uh, yeah, we're friends now. We go fishing. Uh, Have you ever addressed the bullying? Pot. 
we did address the bullying. So one time when he, he invited me to his birthday party when we were like seven and he, all night he threw D batteries at me and mm-hmm. then, uh, mm-hmm. called me fat the whole time. Yep. And then the whole like event culminated with him putting me in a trash can and pushing me down a gravel hill. And no one stopped um, it at a birthday party. We, no, it was his house. It was wow. his birthday. Wow. You know, they just let him do it. And I was, I, I was like scarred for a little while, but like worse things have happened to me in my life. I'm like, who cares? And did he, did but you, now it's kind so of what'd you say? In do, you, do you remember stuffing me in a garbage can and kicking me down a hill? Did you say that to him at some point? Um, yeah, I, I was like, Hey, do you remember doing this? And he kind of just like looked at me and he was like, yeah, I do remember that, but, uh, I feel really bad about it. So I try not to. And he like apologized to me a lot in high school. We did show choir um, together, okay, okay. Uh, which is like, which is like glee, but with less attractive people and no sex. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like we made up through uh, tap dancing together. <laughs> our, his, my childhood bully and I tap danced our trauma away. Now, can I tell you, did you sense when we met after the Richmond show? Because it was, it was like a group of people. It was very awkward to have this like group meet and greet, but people had won tickets for it. But did you get a sense that- I, I agree. Did you get a sense that I was seething with anger? Because I was. Did you sense this? No. You were seething? So I showed up at that venue, and I know what type of venues I play well in. I had been so excited to go to Richmond, because I always heard that Richmond was like a real artsy- fringy punk rocky town and i usually crush in those towns those are my people and then we pull up to the venue and i'm like what is this place like it's like an opera hall and it turned out it was it was like this place where there were like orchestras and operas and it it wasn't sold out and that's fine i don't sell out every city but i was like "Ah, that's a bummer i was really looking forward to richmond but it was like not a good space for comedy and the ceilings were really high and I was kind of bummed out and didn't think the show went great. And then afterwards, the promoter stiffed me on money. And, uh, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. They had, they had, I like drove to Richmond and paid for my hotel rooms and paid, I lost money on that show. I was paid $516 for that show. And I'm like, I didn't sell out, but there were still like, 200 people there or something like I should be getting more than this. Like, and, and I want to be clear, $500 to do what you love is a lot of money. And I don't want to sound ungrateful, but the thing people don't realize about the economy of comedy is like, I paid for the gas, the hotel rooms, um, the opener, usually be playing for paying for flights. Like all that comes out of your pocket. And then he's telling me, Oh, the promoter saying, Oh, well we paid for your catering. I'm like, there was a thing of hummus and two diet Cokes and like a bag of baked Lay's like, that's getting deducted out of my club. Like you're charging me like $200 for catering, like yeah. security. I get charged for the security at the venue. What is going on? And then my buddy, Carmen, who did that show with me, such a funny guy, Carmen Christopher. He had a friend in Richmond. Who yeah. does, he does comedy in Richmond. And his friend saw that I was like really bummed. And he was like, dude, I don't know if it's going to make you feel better or worse. He's like, I can think of like nine venues in Richmond where you would have sold out instantly. He's like, nobody, yeah, nobody who's like hip is coming to this. I won't say the name of the place. He's like, nobody's looking for their shows here. Like there's so many other cooler places to do shows. 
He's like, it makes no sense they put you here. No one knew this show was happening. And You would have killed at the Broadberry, at Coalition Theater. It, it, was a ba- it was literally like you were in the auxiliary gym of uh, like orchestra. It was bad. Like that's what oh, it felt this is like. Making me a- I thought we were going to play a game of pickup afterwards. It was bad. Yes, it did. It, it felt like I was going to give everyone like a sex ed lecture and then we were going to play dodgeball. It is. That's what the room felt like. Um, and yeah, I, and I tell you, it's, I'm not, I understand that I'm a public figure and people are very nice, but most cities I go to, I can fly under the radar, but Richmond was this town. We went out to eat and the hostess was like, Chris Gethard. I was like, yeah. She's like, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm doing shows in town. She's like, where? And I named the venue. She goes, where? I've never heard of that. I was like, this is a bad sign. People walking down the street, people going, oh, you're the boss from Broad City. I'm like, yeah. They're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm doing show. I'm doing a show. They're like, oh, really? Where do I get tickets? I'm like, oh, go to this venue's website. They're like, what's that? I'm like, oh my God, no. I'm famous in Richmond and no one knows this show is happening. This is like one of the only towns where I'm actually fa- famous. Richmond famous. I'll go back someday. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to say, you kill in Richmond. It's a bad spot. Like you got, kind of got screwed on multiple levels. Oh and as a native Richmonder, yeah. Or whatever we're called. Yeah. I apologize. You don't have to apologize. Uh, this uh, scumbag promoter who then got on the phone and yelled at me when I asked him if the money was correct. That's anyway. I hope people look. All right. I, I hope people enjoy. Like, oh, and this is a guy who's had his own TV show and he has like a very healthy, long running podcast that's critically lauded. And sometimes he goes to Richmond and gets and loses money on the show. I hope this well, is, as you, someone who's pursuing comedy, I hope this is a sobering look at what you're going for someday. I'm glad you're going to law school. Let me uh, say that. Oh, oh, my parents are too. My parents oh. are like, that's great. Uh, but. Yeah, I, Richmond's a really cool city. It's People awesome. kind of overlook it. Capital yeah. of the Confederacy at one point. Burnt I'm down cheer for twice. That. I'm going to cheer for the Confederacy. Well, I'm not saying cheer for it. I'm just saying there's a really <laughs> interesting... Yeah, I wasn't like, yo, Capital of the Confederacy. Everyone, gang signs up. Let's go. Bring out those rebel flags. No, that's not what I'm about. But... It's just really interesting living here and then just seeing like, because it's not been that long, just seeing like how the city's divided. There were a lot of like really, I think, important Black Lives Matter protests here um, in the summer on Monument Avenue, um, which is like a road we have with Confederate statues on it. Guar's from um, there. A veil is from there. A lot of cool Guar's stuff. from there. They used to yeah. be that. Rich, yeah, Richmond Luberliche, uh, right? Uh, League, the R- Richmond Wrestling League. Yeah, there was a loop. Yeah, Lucha Libre, Lucha um, Libre. I was oh. mispronouncing that. Lucha Libre. Oh, a lot of oh, weird stuff. Uh, uh, there's some other thing. Uh, I think Chris Brown is from Richmond. I'm not going to cheer for Chris Brown um, once again. You keep bringing up. The I, I know. I'm really the, everything. I'm Amy Mann is from Richmond. There you go. What about Happy the Artist? Yeah. Do you know Happy the Artist? Right. No, I don't know Happy the Artist. He's a guy I wrote about him for my old, uh, when I wrote, helped write Weird Virginia. He was like an artist who drove around in a crazy looking van doing art stuff. He's a cool guy. Nice guy. Name anyway. Happy? Yeah. His God-given name? I don't Christian think so. name? I don't think so, no. I don't think so. So yeah, I got to go back to Richmond. I don't think Richmond you can get I was, baptized as happy in a, I was actually, you can't yeah. get baptized as happy in a Catholic church. I bet they'd they'd pull you aside. They'd go, well, "Are you sure about this?" 
Yeah, they're like, first of all, you're Catholic. You're not going to be happy. Yeah, happiness so has no place here. You yeah. take, take a step back. Name your kid guilty and we can talk. Guilt, if you want to be riddled by <laughs> guilt, we can talk. You want to name your yeah, kid shame? If you want to name your twins, <laughs> guilt and shame are my two twins. Yeah. Happy and well-adjusted, though? Take that down the street to the Episcopalians. <laughs> yeah. Go to the Presbyterians or someone who actually cares. Go yeah. join a Unitarian church. Yeah. yeah. Go be a Quaker with your oh, happiness, yeah. your well-adjustedness. Okay. I'm not sure if this is... So speaking of well-adjusted... Go for it. Yeah. I was just going to say, you tell me what you want to talk about, because we've just been rambling in a way I love, but I want to make sure if you have anything you want to say that we get there. Yeah. So... You know, I, uh, I'm deciding between two law schools right now. Um, I got into, um, the university of Richmond law school in Richmond. Keep it close to um, home. Um, yeah, keep it close to home or I go to Brooklyn mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and go to law school in Brooklyn. Can I ask which and institution? It, yeah, it's called Brooklyn law school. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's called Brooklyn Law School. It's part, which is part of the reason why I'm kind of weighing it because when I say Brooklyn Law School, even people in New York are like, "What? Yeah, there's a law school in Brooklyn." You're certain. Uh, you're certain it's not just a PO box and a Lundy, money laundering. You're certain scheme? this isn't like <laughs> University of Phoenix Law yeah. School, um, in Brooklyn. Uh, no, it's. Uh, their uh, most notable alumni are David Dinkins and yeah. uh, Paul Simon went there for one semester. Quality lineage. And then left. <laughs> yeah, a very long lineage. But they have really good, I think they're number one in the country for like public advocacy and That's like public awesome. representation. Yeah. And then Richmond, I would just be able to make a good amount of money and live comfortably. So I'm like kind of at this crux where I'm like, do I want to go to New York and be broke helping people and like advocating um, for stuff I care about, whether that's like socialist cause or stuff regarding to um, immigration, like the dreamers um, I've done a lot of work with. It's like, do I want to do stuff like that or do I want to make bag and also live comfortably in Richmond. And let's pause there. That's in the business. We call that a cliffhanger. We'll talk about it. I'm telling you, we make some real firm choices along the way. We'll be right back. Okay, thanks to our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. Do I want to go to New York and be broke helping people and like advocating for stuff I care about? Or do I want to make... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I'm just like torn. I'm like, is there an end to this capitalism that like has been thrust on us? Should I just get my bag and protect myself? Or like, Part of me is like the right thing to do is lend out that hand and pick somebody else up, like using my privilege to go to law school and stuff to help somebody else out. Well, when you describe it like this, it I was going to say, when you describe it like that, it sounds like you want to go do advocacy 
like you're you're presenting that as a much more noble cause where the other one sounds like should I just like you've effectively presented it as should I go follow the fire in my gut or should I be resigned to capitalism, which is a system I'm lukewarm on? That's what it that's the shorthand if I had to boil down what you just said. Yeah, pretty much. And Brooklyn isn't I'm, nothing against Brooklyn. Um, they're not as good of a school. And then in New York, like you, you're fighting against Columbia, NYU, mm-hmm. Harvard, and then like everybody else, like Harvard, all those people are coming to New York. And it's like big fish, small pond kind of thing. Or do you want to be the small fish in the big pond? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I have two questions. One, you can be honest either way. I'm not making any assumptions. Is there any part of you going, but Brooklyn also has a lot of comedy stuff, so that might allow that to live on too. Is that a factor? That's a that's 100% a factor. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Because yeah. it, it ties into question two, which is I would have to imagine that there are forms of, like, I would have to imagine that a law school in Virginia isn't just going, well, everybody, here's where you go if you want to make money. I would have to imagine there are ways to be an advocate and fight for causes in Virginia as well. Like I'm certain there are people who need help and there are, I'm sure there are people without homes in Richmond. I'm sure there are immigration issues in Virginia. Like it doesn't, it seems like there's must be that as well. Yeah, there definitely are. And I think it's kind of two different problems that I kind of synthesized into like one thing where I think there is the like, do I want to go make money or do I want to help people? And I think my heart is with helping people or just doing some sort of advocacy. But then the other thing is like, where do I want to be? Like, do I want to live in Richmond? Like you said it, it's like a cool punk rock artsy city um, that has this history, but it's also small and it's more like a town than a city in a lot of ways. Like we don't have high rises like the city you can drive across in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's like my hometown. So I love it. Like I'll always rep Richmond, but it's like my whole family is also from Brooklyn. And they, there's also this like weird poetic thing in my head where my parents left Brooklyn to come to Richmond to give my brother and I like a better life. And now I'm like going back. It feels like very like, hero's journey in some way that I kind of like, like, but I'm like, maybe I shouldn't like be creating myths for myself. It can get you. I feel like for me, it got me far. And then I also realized it was a little hollow, right? Like I definitely did some like buying into the hero's journey in my path in entertainment and then got to the end of that and was like, oh, that wasn't, that was productive in many ways, but not real. Like this whole thing of me being like, I got to yeah. conquer everyone's doubts. I'm like, ah, wait, I'm not sure that those were actual people out there so much as in my own head and whatever. But I like that idea that you're- Yeah, par- it's like Joan Didion. Like we tell ourselves stories in order to live. Yeah. I mean, I'm not smart enough to, uh, I sh- that's the person who I know I should uh, be well read on and that I would be a better human if I did uh, put that one on the list, but- can't claim I'm smart enough, but sounds like she's on target there. Hey, Chris, me too. Uh, that line is from a John Mulaney special. There you go. And I just remember. There you go. 
There I've never read Joan Didion in my life. <laughs> I don't even know if it's pronounced that. I always thought it was Didion. One of us is wrong. One of us is wrong. Didion? Didion? Let mm. us know in the comments. Hashtag Didion or Didion. Hashtag. Is it rhyme with Gideon or... Uh, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to think of another. Yeah, that's, that's a lot Didion. of traces. How old are you? I'm 23. Well, first of all, it's awesome that you got into law school at all. That's great. Yeah. Second of all, it's cool to have two choices and two choices that will be meaningful in their own ways, right? Either, because listen, we all know the first, I'm just going to call BS on one thing, which is that you sound like a person who's never going to be content going, yep, I'll just make my money. I'll just go into whatever, like, uh, you know, like valuable service, but you're not somebody who's going to go like, I'll just go into real estate law and help people close on their houses and make a bunch of bank. And like, that doesn't sound like who you are, at least not in this stage in your life. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, so either way, you sound like you got fire in your gut. You sound like you want to point it at things you care about. You got into law school at the age of 23. That's incredible. So already a lot of commendable stuff that you should be congratulated on. What a great choice to have to make. So let's keep that in mind before we point out that it is stressful and that there is a lot of soul searching to be done. First of all, what a great choice to have to make. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what everyone keeps telling me. They're like, you have two good options. You don't, you're not like destitute or anything. You're okay. Like you just have to decide what you want and like where your heart's at. And then my both of my parents are like ones like you go to Brooklyn. Like it's very mother father energy, which my mom's like, follow your dreams, do it, go to Brooklyn. And my dad's like, how are you going to pay for yourself? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good point. How am I going to pay for myself? So yeah, you'd have to hustle hard to pay for the Brooklyn life. It would also yeah. mean that if you still want to do comedy stuff, you're probably staying out more nights. So you need to make more money, you need to burn more energy, and you need to do law school. Um, but is that the one you want? I mean, your mom, you just said your mom said, follow your dream, go to Brooklyn. So is that one your dream? I think she knows I always wanted to live in New York. Um, I spent so many summers up there and in Jersey. That just And like all my family's like either irish american or italian american and just like living in the south the culture is very different like i can do okay you know like if like you're on the street and somebody does like the jerk off symbol to you like they you know what i mean like fucking jerk off mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah I'm people from in the Northern south New don't Jersey. get that we probably invented that it's i'm from north jersey yeah yeah we got Amy Mann and you guys got the jerk off thing <laughs> and James Gandolfini. So is that, but yeah, people in the South don't get the jerk off thing. And that like annoys me. Well, that's it's as just good like a reason a, as any to choose thing. which law school you go to. I think it, uh, I think life is random. So maybe arbitrary choices sometimes are fun. Like maybe I should choose it based off of uh, the jerk off thing. Or my friend said I should just do a coin flip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's not a bad idea. Because here's the thing about a coin flip. If it ends up on the one you don't want, then you know. 
Well, why don't you get out a coin right now? Okay. Heads is Brooklyn, tails is Richmond. We'll see how you react. Are you looking for a coin? Have you been disconnected? Is that really how this one ends? Is that how this one ends? Is that that's weird. Uh, Wait, hold on, Anita. Hold on, Anita. Okay. I want to. I want to make sure people hear my thought process on this one. Is he off the line? No. So he's on the line. Caller, if you can hear me, you are. You have clearly muted the phone with your face. You went to get a coin. What if this one ends with all of the listenership experience the ex- existential dread of knowing that we walked up to the literal coin flip? A moment that I bet many people listening went, "Oh wow." This one's about to tell a story. This one's actually about to hit a turning point. We'll then explore the reaction. I wonder if this young person will actually define their future based on the results of this. I'm going to pause the clock, by the way. The results of this coin flip that arbitrarily happened in the course of the episode we get to listen to. I wonder if this moment that we are about to hear will actually define the entire course of this person's life. I wonder if they will go on to be a public advocate who helps people. Wait, I'm still probably buying the caller time to come back. What if that's it? What if we get right up to the coin flip and we never know the answer? That would be beautiful in its own way, wouldn't it? Okay, I'm done rambling. Anita, let's, let's leave all of this in. What's the game plan? How do we let the... Because if the caller can hear... Hello? There. Hey, hi. What happened? Let's pause. How do we handle this? You can hear technical difficulties on the cusp of the coin toss. The drama see what happens when we get back. Thank you to our advertisers. And now let's see, how will the coin flip end? Will we even get to it? Or have the AirPods gotten the way once again? Hello? There. Hey, hi. What happened? I went, you told me to get a coin. I reached into my pocket and the AirPod hung up the call. But how are you still back on the, did, did we call you back? I, I don't know. Okay. I guess. I think so. Listen, I'm glad you're back. I'm going to restart the clock. You know what? I'm going to give you an extra minute. I'm going to give you an extra minute. Restart the clock. Do you have a coin? I have a coin. Okay. What did we say? Heads is Brooklyn, tails is Richmond. We're going to hear your reaction live on the yeah. air. I'm going to say head. I'm going to say heads is Richmond. Oh, we're switching. Okay. Heads is Richmond. Because tails, I'm leaving. Okay. Got it. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. So Tails is Brooklyn. Okay. Okay. Let's All flip, right. Let's flip this I'm going to flip. We're going to do two out of three because that's oh, great. regulation rules in my house. Mm-hmm, you got to mm-hmm. do two out of three. Okay. So I just flipped it. Heads. That's one for Richmond. Okay. All right. And Tails. Okay. The ultimate drama. The okay. Drama. All right. All right. We're going to go for the third flip here. It's tails again. So that's Brooklyn. So that's Brooklyn. How are you I'm feeling? pretty content with it. Pretty content. Anxious. Anxious and pretty <laughs> content. Not the rousing cheers for joy I was thinking might happen. Anxious and Wait, oh, you thought pretty I was, content. I'm not a very like uh, cheery uh person i thought there like, was gonna be a big reaction one way or the other just like oh no or like yeah either city i thought we would know but it sounds like it was a straight middle ground reaction that didn't totally convince me anyway yeah 
I, I think it's Brooklyn. I genuinely do. Between that coin flip and just getting on this call today, I don't know. I feel like the universe is telling me something. A psychic once told me um, that I needed to move to New York. Okay. I don't really believe psychics, but my grandma does. And I love my grandma. So maybe there's something in that. I'll say this. First of all, well, what happens if you go to one law school and God forbid, let's say you flunk out, does it, um, does it close the door on being able to transfer to another law school to give it another shot? No. Cause here's another, here's one thing I'll say. If you want to talk about heroes journeys, we all know there's a lot of movies, a lot of songs, a lot of stories about people who go to New York and the city beats the hell out of them, but they keep fighting the good fight and eventually they achieve their dreams. That was kind of my story. So I lived that version of it. But I can tell you as someone who lived in New York for the better part of two decades, there's also a lot of origin stories, let's not forget, which is they start the same way. People go to New York, the city beats the hell out of them. Uh, they admit defeat. It is brutal and awful. They leave and then they crush it somewhere else. And all the things they learned in New York helped them in the long run because no place is as unrelenting, no place is less forgiving. And therefore you have a leg up in the next stop on your journey because you went for it. There's a lot of origin stories of great things that have happened because New York squashed them on their way out of the gate. That's yeah. another thing. And then of course there's the story that sometimes New York breaks you um, you leave in defeat, you feel bad, and you don't quite bounce back. There's that too. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of when I left Chicago because of COVID and everything, I like don't regret moving to Chicago because I only moved there for like close to a year. Mm -hmm. And then I had to come back because of COVID and money and everything. And I was like, I don't think I would change it because I learned so much just by being in that big city in those eight months, even though it like definitely was not the logical choice. It made me a better person on so many different levels that like it is hard for me to just like, just like, I don't know. I feel like I evolved so much in that time. And it like, it really beat me up because I went through like a really, really bad breakup and uh, Chicago kind of spit me out. But then I kind of like rose from the ashes kind of, and I'm like, am I ready to do it again? And I kind of think I am. Why not? Pick yourself up, dust yourself off. The warm embrace of Richmond will always be there. Yeah, it's true. I'll always have. And it's not like I don't have friends or family in New York either. It's not like I'm alone or something. I know people. I was in New York a couple weeks ago uh, after I got my vaccine and stuff, just walking around Brooklyn. Um, it's right across from the courthouse and stuff um, in Brooklyn Heights. Idea. Yeah. So I, I was eating a Burger King. Um, 
this isn't an ad for Burger King, but Burger King's back, baby. Because I had a, an Impossible Whopper. Love it. It was the best fast food burger I've had, I think, in years. They got it together. The first time I had the Impossible Whopper, I was so excited. And then I was like, oh, you know, I am still eating Burger King. <laughs> Let's not forget. It's exciting they have the Impossible option, but it's Burger King. It was never my top choice. And then at a certain point, I tried yeah. it again. I was like, oh, they're, they're crushing this Impossible Whopper. This is good. I will seek yeah. this out. I get it with onion rings mm-hmm. because Burger King's fries suck. Mm-hmm. But the impossible slider from so, White Castle, also no joke. Really? Ooh, Here's the great. other thing about Richmond. No White Castles. I think White Castle is mostly like a Northeast thing, right? Yeah. 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 You could, I, think, I think like some of them trickle into like Pennsylvania a little, mm-hmm. but I don't think much further south. We do have Wawa which is nice. Yeah. But we got Wawa, but that's the only thing we got. Wawa's pretty great. Wawa's pretty great. Let me ask you something but deep I down. Would, oh, no. Yeah. You finish your thought. Oh, I was eating that Impossible walk, Whopper and just like staring at Brooklyn Law School, and I was like, I could see myself doing this a lot. Eating, eating shitty fast food. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I already do that now. It's just a change of location. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Last night I had Little Caesars and Chick-fil-A. That's, so that was... that's a whole other, that's an issue right there. That I mean, you're 23. Don't do that too much longer. It will catch up with you. Oh, I'm also like, yeah, it, it probably. Yeah. I think I'm diabetic. I got to get checked. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> so figure I'm all going, that out. Yeah. But I was eating an Impossible Whopper, and I was just like, I could do this. I could do this. Let me ask you something that's another deep down question. Okay. You say part of Brooklyn, too, is that you feel like, oh, there's more of a comedy scene for me to try to attack that goal as well. Yeah. If comedy was to start catching momentum, would you abandon law school? No, I think I would see law school through unless something like crazy happens where i would abandon it like if i got like that answer love that answer like if i got like a staff writing gig or something where i was like i can pay my bills and i'll be fine and this could lead to other things and a career then i'd probably abandon law school but if i was just like doing shows and stuff where i was like i can still do this at night it's only three years not like a long time that is a good, where I'm like, I can just finish this out. It's a good, sensible answer, and I'm happy to hear it. I'm all for going yeah. for your dreams, but if law school, if 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 one of the dreams is public advocacy that might help people who need help, I love that that one's not going to get traded in for another one unless it's really certain that that other one is locked in and going to sustain you. I, I, I think that's really good. I'm happy to hear that. And usually I'm Mr. Quit everything and be an artist. And then this one, I'm like, you know what? You can, you can have your cake and eat it too, to a certain degree. And unless yeah. it's really locked in, this, it sounds like there's so much potential. Even if I just had like, you know, like I was telling, I was talking to my dad and he said, what's your dream job? And we were having dinner like two days ago. And he goes, what's your dream job? And I said, do you really want to know? And I, he said, yeah. And I said, to be a talk show host. And he was like, 
I thought you were going to say you wanted to be a lawyer. And I was like, no. I was like in high school, like I never thought about it. And then there was a superlative, most likely to be a talk show host. And I won every vote except for two. And I was just like, ever since then, I was just like, that kind of feels like my dream, but it's just not sensible. There's only how many talk shows? And then how many of them are good? Hold on a second. And then like... Did you do, did you make a talk show in Chicago? No. You didn't? No, I didn't. Okay, okay. I was going to. I was going to try to make one, but then COVID and everything hit. Like we had like, I had a couple comedians like lined up and we were going to try to do this like punk rock, anti-capitalism, like sketch comedy, talk show, stand up, like hybrid thing. It's just like never panned out because the timing with, you know, the world ending and everything. I saw a video of this guy who made a talk show out of Chicago where he would do it at roving house parties. And I thought it might be you, but it's not. I liked it. That was a pretty good idea. I I wish it was me. Me too. I wish it was me too, but yeah. those those days are done for me. Those days are done. My renegade talk show is dead. It has been for years. And I, I still reconcile that. It is what it is. But let me uh, let me say, just kind of on this note, the Chris Gethard show, I found it a little later, has at least, not even just as a like comedian and somebody who loves comedy, but as just a person, given me so much joy and made me feel like I was getting good content for, from people who like had a good message and wanted to get good people out there. And that's like all I could ever ask for in art is well, that's super kind. good people, good message. And like, I still think about the Chris Gethard show all the time. Like I like, like my brand of the Chris Gethard show is like the M like the early ones with like, Mimi on the hoops and everything. But if I have to show somebody, it's the dumpster episode. Yeah. Listen, I get this a lot. It's very nice. I'm glad, especially to like, a, I, I, it's funny. I like meet comedians now who I really like, who are like catching momentum. And then they'll tell me, oh, I was watching your show when I was in high school. I was watching your show when I was in middle school. I'm like, whoa, it's weird. It makes me feel, but I'm, I'm glad it has helped a lot of people. And I'm glad that for a certain generation of, uh, kids who maybe felt a little bit like outsiders got their gears turning. And even with that said, I would say twice a week, I think about pulling them all off of YouTube, um, but it's okay. <laughs> it happens. Please don't because I'll, give me like a two days heads up and I'm going to download them to like a hard drive and then you can do it. Uh, no, I, I doubt I would do it, but so, sometimes it's wild. Right. And it's funny. Cause we're talking about you setting out on like, what should the dream even be? Like, I know the, I know the dream. Where should I point the dream? You're at that stage yeah. of that journey. Whereas here I'm going, oh, wow, it's been 12 years since I started this thing that defined my life. And now it's over. And I got to live the dream to a level that I didn't anticipate. What a beautiful thing. And now, I ha and now I'm going to be alive for 40 more years. And I, I don't, what do you, it's why you want to hear something sad? And I don't want to make it too self-indulgent because I know not 
you know, the beautiful anonymous fans don't cross over with the Gethard Show fans. Uh, you know, there's a Venn diagram, but it's not all of them. Yeah. We were in the car a couple of nights ago, and some of the Hallie's band, my wife's band, who's the house band of the show, some of their music came on on shuffle. I started crying, burst out crying in the car because I realized there was sort of a certain type of happiness that I invented. And I, and for a certain type of person, a certain era of person, they got to feel it too, but I got to feel it in this way that no one else did. And I don't get to feel it ever again. It was a weird realization. Hearing them play these songs that we used to play as the warm up for the show when I'd get to go into this TV studio and see all my friends running around working on the show and all these people sitting on the floor or getting up and dancing before the show. And there are all these people who had been like supporting me through public access TV years. And some of them have like come from different states to be at the show. And then I don't know how the show is going to go. And I get to stand in the back of the room and watch all these people feel happy for this thing that I built. That's like a certain type of happiness I will never know again. It's a very strange feeling. I started crying. Yeah, that's it's really sweet. So I take the bag of uh, money, my friend. That's that's what I'm saying. We were wrong about all the Brooklyn stuff. You take that bag of money, real estate law. The housing market's through the roof no, right now. No. The housing market's through the roof right now. And these people need help getting their closing stuff. You go, it's you, a bubble. It's not a bubble. You grab that cash. You grab that cash. Your dreams will be beautiful, but they will also scramble your brain. Grab the cash. No, I'm, the cash is done. The cash was gone after the coin flip. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something for people. I'm going to do whether it's I make stuff that it's taken a lot of hours of therapy to get to this point in my life. But I realize that like I'm my best version of me when I'm using my talents and skills to better my community and other people around me. And that's when I feel most whole. And like, whether that's like in college, I started like a whole sketch group that's still going. And there's like 20 new kids every year that get like their friends get to see them make like dumb jokes. And it's like, that, that feels great too. And so does like the work I've done, like work with DACA recipients and like getting my college to say that like they were going to be a sanctuary, uh, college for dreamers that was meaningful to me and those are like the two things that i just like really think about so sorry chris the money's gone i love that i love that money's gone or or hear me out represent a hedge fund Cash over <laughs> literally like cash over my fist. greatest nightmare <laughs> is to if I move to New York, goal one, the goals are figure out my dream, whether that's law or comedy, and figure out where and then goal two is I'm gonna fight every finance bro in New York City. Well there good luck with that. There's a lot of them. Now I'm gonna go down Wall Street, just gonna pick one off at a time, slowly but surely. I'm going to be like the guy who punched Rick Moranis, except it's just going to be hedge fund owner. 
<laughs> well, listen, let me say, as someone who just got sappy about wondering about like this past life I had that feels like an actual past life at this point, where I'm like, what did I, I did all that stuff? Hearing you talk about that combination of stuff, want to get out there and help people. Also very proud that I've set up some infrastructure for creative people. I feel like I'm hearing a version of a lot of stuff I used to say, and I'm glad someone's still saying it. And I'm glad that, you know, I was, what month were you born in? September. So yeah, I was, I had just started my senior year of high school when you were born. Yeah, 1997. Yeah, I graduated 98. So I just started the school year, my senior year of high school. And I need I need somebody 23 to say it because I, I don't say it anymore. I care about lawn care now. I want to get my son potty yeah. trained. That is my concern. So I need you saying this stuff, and I'm glad you are. Can I tell you something else? Oh, that I, I didn't think I was ever going to bring this up. This sounds like something show. that's going to make me feel really old. This sounds like something that will make me feel old. Proceed. Um, it, I, maybe it will. I don't think it'll make you feel old. Um, just hearing you say, like, you're happy to hear somebody else say that. There, there's um, when I randomly, I didn't know who you were. No offense. Get it a Until lot. I watched Career Suicide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was unpacking coming home from college for like a winter break and I just threw it on. I was like, this looks good. Like I've heard the name Chris Gathard. Like I, uh, I'll see what it's about. And I was watching it. And when you get to the part about Valley road, um, I kind of froze. Because uh, I try to kill myself the same way for the same reasons at the same age. Um, And a very nice black man also helps me out. And I don't know. I, I, I just always felt really grateful that you put that art out there. Um, Because it made me feel like I wasn't alone. That, uh, that's why I, for all the self-doubt I still have and all the times I wonder if I've backed myself into a corner by making this my life, stories like that are ultimately why I ever thought it was a good idea to make art in the first place. So I thank you for telling me that. And that's really, uh, that's really meaningful. And I'm so sorry that you dealt with that stuff and if you were the same age I was that's not too long ago for you so I'm I'm uh outside of all of us like me and you chit-chatting and joking through this I also feel like hearing that you went from that to I'm accepted into law school and I want to set my sights towards helping people through the through the status that will give me that's a, that's a really stunning and beautiful turnaround and I'm really glad you're still around to have to choose between Brooklyn and Richmond yeah, I am too. I, uh, it was really fucked up when I crashed my car though, because it had snowed. 
And then cops made me walk three miles down the road with snow up to like my knees and didn't drive me. Why? I was like, I was like, damn. Why'd they do, why'd they do that? I don't know. I don't know. Cops in Lynchburg, Virginia, I guess. That walk is really... probably the saddest three miles of your life, I imagine. Oh, it was really sad because I was wearing sweatpants and bands. It was like I was not built to like walk outside of that car. You just you just tried to off yourself and now the police make you wander knee deep in the slow snow. You're six foot four. So just just uh, uh, very disturbed. Yeah. Very disturbed. Just, a, <laughs> just a, a staring at the snow. Wondering w- what you just did, why you just did it, already feeling that panic and fear of like, oh my God, I did that. And now you have to wander knee deep yeah. through the snow for three entire months. I was miles. like, why did I choose Kanye West to listen to if I was going to kill myself? I was like, that feels like a weird choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like contemplating all of this stuff. Yeah. It was just a really weird time. But I don't know between like that, just we've, we've met twice in person and I have that connection with you, just like the things lining up. And on top of that, like this call, I, I, I don't know. I just think out of all the times I've called beautiful anonymous two days before I have to make my law school decision and don't know where I go. I, I I get this call and this opportunity. I think it's just a fate thing that I have to go to Brooklyn and just follow my gut. Well, I disavow all responsibility if it uh, fails. But if it I w- backfires. If it backfires majorly. But I will say that if you're talking about fate, then yes, if your secret dream is to be a talk show host, but you also feel like, New York affords you more opportunity to get a law degree to help people. Those do sound like things that, yes, the uh, power, the powers that be that define fate would put you in touch with me two days before that decision. If, if, if fate wanted you to wind up in Brooklyn, yes, that would be, I would imagine that the, the powers that be that define fate aren't expecting me to go, no, stay in Richmond. They're telling me to go, I made a talk show in Brooklyn and, I took it far. Go help people. I lived in Yeah, you did pretty well for yourself. I did all right. And then I lived in an immigrant neighborhood in New York. I know how much help people need in New York. I was I I I saw it. It's all sitting right there. If you're looking to help people, there's a lot of people who need help there, especially right now. So yeah, it sounds like Brooklyn. Pack the bags, my friend. Oh well well, yeah. I'm gonna be here until January because I'm not paying to live in New York through COVID, but Yeah, I get that. Especially not Brooklyn yeah. Heights. Nope, not Brooklyn Heights. I'm I'm not living in Brooklyn Heights. I ain't got Brooklyn Heights money. I'm gonna live in like Bed or Queens probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. I feel happy. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I hope that continues no matter what happens. That's the that's the major thing I'll say is uh hearing that you crashed a car like I did, it's not like my life turned around the next day but it was a very stark look at how much I enjoy being alive. And I hope that no matter what happens that you keep heading in that direction too. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's all I'm trying to do. 
stay happy and stay alive and not hurt other people. Those three things. And eat a lot of fast food? I'm like trying to get off of that. I was a really fat kid. Like my parents sent me to fat camp. I went to fat camp in the Poconos. Mm. MTV made a show about the fat camp I went to. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, that was the fat camp I went to. (laughs) Camp Pocono Trails, baby. CPT represent Super Seniors 2012. Uh. (laughs) Got my first kiss at fat camp. Nice. Touched my first boobs at fat camp. Okay, slow down. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm really glad we got to talk. I feel like it was... uh... First thing I said was I liked your vibe. I really still like your vibe. I remember, I I remember us meeting. I don't, I I I can't place your face, but I remember getting scared in Washington. I remember that group after Richmond. I'm so sorry you were at that show. I was bummed by it, and uh, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're looking to do so much good in the world. I really am. Thank you, Chris. Genuinely, thank you so much. Oh. A pleasure talking to you and to hear that I was uh, helped out in any way. Such a nice thing. Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one. Stay safe. You too. Go to Brooklyn. Help people. Do it. Don't give up on that. Yes, sir. Don't take the cash. Yeah, when, I tell, when I tell my parents. When you tell your parents When I tell what? my parents my law school decision, I'm going to say, Chris Gethard told me to. And they will say, who? And they will be right. But look, you graduate what? When you're 26, 27? Yeah. Don't grab the cash until you're 30. Let's leave it at that. I, You know what? I agree. 30 seems like the age to get, grab the cash. Also, 30 is when people should start thinking about getting married. I'm adamant about that. If you're 26 <laughs> and you're thinking about getting married, stop. Yeah, that'll give you a nice four, three, four-year window to know, okay, is advocacy working? Is comedy working? And if not, okay. Let me call up my hedge fund friends and see if we can grab some Bitcoin. Oh, my. Oh, it's going to be NFTs then. I'm going to be like asking for some JPEGs. (laughs) All right, my friend. Great talking to you. All right. Great talking to you too, Chris. Bye. Caller, enjoy Brooklyn. Enjoy law school. Enjoy fast food. Enjoy all the good things in life. I mean it. Thank you for calling. Thank you to Anita Flores. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Marcus Hom. Thanks, Shell Shag, for the music. ChrisGeth.com if you want to know about me and when I'm getting out on the road. And hey, wherever you listen, there's some version of a favorite, subscribe, follow button. When you hit that, it really helps the show when you do. And if you want to get our whole back catalog without any ads, as well as our whole beautiful follow-up series, info's at stitcherpremium.com stories. Thanks so much. 